Hello, and welcome to Executive Insider. My name is JT O'Donnell, and I'm the founder and CEO of Work It Daily, the number one online career growth club. I'm helping 1 million people grow their careers, and that includes executives just like you. I coach a community of executives inside Work It Daily, where we talk about what it means to be an executive, how we can build our executive networks, and how we can take our executive careers to the next level. So get ready. We're about to share content only an executive insider can bring to the table. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Executive Insider. This is the show that taps experts from around the globe, giving you insight into some of the latest trends that are going on in the world today. And I am so excited. We're going to be talking about global taxes. That's right. Now, you might think that that sounds kind of boring, but just hang on a second, because we're going to be talking to Yvette Kwong, and she is a global tax specialist. She wrote an incredible article over on Work It Daily about the five tax tips that every <laughs> digital business in 2020 needs. And this is so important because, I don't know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I think pretty much every business has become a digital business in some way or another, but she's going to help us understand this better, which is fantastic. I'm not going to waste too much time introducing her because I really want you to hear the important things that she has to share today. Hey there, Yvette. Hi, JT. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. First of all, thank you for writing this extremely insightful article on Work It Daily, and we're going to have the hyperlinks for everybody. But can you just walk us through what are the five tax tips that everybody needs to know in 2020? Sure. I'm going to give five simple and yet relevant tax tips for every digital business in 2020. The first tip is the legal form of doing business. If you're starting up your digital business, choosing a proper legal form will be one of the first things to consider due to tax and non-tax reasons such as personal liability protection. In general, you can do business as a sole proprietor, a limited liability company, which is an LLC, an S-Corp, or a C-Corp. These forms of doing business have different tax consequences. If you're starting out, forming an LLC may make sense to keep things simple while protecting your personal assets. However, a C-Corp is the preferred structure if you intend to seek venture capital funding or to take the company public. If you own 100% of your digital business, you may want to form a single member LLC, in which case you may be able to include the business profits or loss in your own tax return, your own form 1040, which will make things simpler. The second tip is when you are expanding your business overseas, you need to pay attention to a few things. So when a digital business starts to expand overseas, which can happen very soon as there are no physical boundaries when it comes to digital or online businesses, you may need to consider the following. When doing business abroad, you can either start the business as an extension of your existing U.S. business, which means that you're operating it as a branch of the U.S. company without forming another legal entity overseas which is often called a branch of the U.S. business, or you can form a separate legal entity, such as a foreign LLC or a foreign corporation. There are different tax implications to the U.S. person or the U.S. business as a result of these foreign structures. Oftentimes, the choice depends on whether the foreign operations are expected to be profitable right away, and the foreign country's business laws, tax laws, and the tax rates there. For example, if your foreign business is expected to generate losses for a few years, 
you may prefer to operate the foreign business as a branch of the U.S. company or the U.S. business so that you may be able to use the foreign losses to offset your U.S. income on your U.S. return, thereby saving some tax dollars. A third tip is intellectual property tax planning. Digital businesses these days often involve valuable technology or know-how. We call these items intellectual property or IP. When the digital business is expanding overseas, IP tax planning is quite important. Many U.S.-based technology or biotech companies consider using a non-U.S. entity to hold their IP overseas. Careful evaluation needs to be performed, but the tax savings could be in the millions, especially if the digital business or the technology business has significant operations overseas, is expecting to have substantial profits from outside of the U.S., and can be a little flexible in its business locations worldwide. The tax savings come from locating the IP in a lower tax jurisdiction where the business also has significant business operations. For example, a technology company may have a large R&D team in Ireland or another country where the tax rates are lower than the US or where the business could get a tax holiday so that they don't need to pay foreign taxes for a few years. The fourth tip is to be aware of consumption taxes, such as the U.S. state sales tax or the value-added tax, VAT, in other countries. In recent years, consumption taxes, such as the sales tax in the U.S. or the VAT in Europe, have become more important for businesses, as these taxes are imposed on transactions, such as sales or purchases instead of on a person or an entity. This means that as soon as a business starts operating, starts to have sales or purchases, it may need to collect and remit these types of taxes to the relevant tax authorities and have tax return obligations. There was a Supreme Court decision called South Dakota versus Wayfair back in 2018 that resulted in many states requiring out-of-state sellers to collect and remit sales tax if their customers are located in those states. Similarly, in other countries which impose VAT, they have expanded their VAT rules to include sales of digital goods and services. So beware of these consumption taxes and their reporting obligations. The fifth tip is to be aware of digital services tax in certain countries. You know, digital services tax or DST is a relatively new type of tax and the rules are evolving. It is generally based on gross revenue with a tax base that includes revenues from a specific set of digital goods or services, or is based on the number of digital users in a country. There have been unilateral and concerted efforts to impose a tax based on the digital presence of a company in a given country. Countries such as France and the UK have passed laws on the DST, while some other countries have legislations in draft forms or are waiting for a global solution that is being discussed at the OECD level. So the above are my five tax tips for every digital business in 2020. 
that is so much information to have to think about and understand. It's incredible to me. And hopefully everyone listening here is really starting to wonder, okay, as I go through my own liability, are there areas that I might be exposed? But on top of that, with all that to take in, I'm sure there are some trends that you're seeing. So can we talk about some of the leading trends that people might want to keep an eye out for? There are three trends that I see in the global tax landscape these days. The number one tax trend that I see for the past few years has been unilateral and concerted tax reforms among countries to address tax evasion and to increase tax revenue. The financial crisis in 2008, the G20 countries have put tax at the top of the agenda to fight as tax evasion. There is a perception that modern business models, such as the digital tax models, have used tax avoidance strategies to exploit gaps in tax rules to avoid paying taxes. This has resulted in an estimated annual loss of tax revenue of around $100 to $240 billion worldwide. As a result of this, over 135 countries are now collaborating to implement 15 measures to tackle tax avoidance. Their goal is to improve the coherence of international tax rules and to ensure a more transparent tax environment. Additionally, these countries are giving top priority to tax concerns arising from the digital economy. The business models that are being targeted are the social media, the search engines, and the online marketplaces. So the OECD is working on these projects to focus on allocating taxing rights among countries where digital businesses have generated revenue without paying taxes. On the unilateral front, several countries in Europe, such as France and the UK, have already implemented digital services tax based on business revenues from these online businesses. The second tax trend that I see is heightened focus on tax transparency. With the disruptive business models brought about by the digital economy, digital businesses can artificially move profits to lowest tax jurisdictions more easily than a brick and mortar business. To combat this kind of tax evasion, governments all over the world are requiring more detailed financial and tax disclosures and reporting via digital tax filings. For example, the OECD requires large global companies to provide what they call country-by-country country reporting to disclose these global companies' revenues and assets and numbers of employees and other financial information all over the world. There's also a continuing growth in tax data sharing among governments to address potential tax evasion by global businesses. For example, company X may be required to file a tax return in country A. Country A may share that information with other countries so that these other countries can evaluate whether company X needs, also needs to file tax returns in their respective countries. So that's the second tax trend. And the third tax trend that I see is rising emphasis on consumption taxes such as VAT or the sales tax in the U.S., as I briefly discussed Online sales of goods and services have made it challenging for tax authorities to collect VAT or sales tax on digital sales. Many of these consumption tax rules were designed before the internet age where sales were conducted in the same physical location. The vendors and the customers were in the same place. With the digital economy, the 
physical borders are eroding, vendors are no longer required to be where consumers are. As a result, over 55 jurisdictions, including the U.S., now require remote vendors of digital services to register for and collect consumption taxes. So here's a radical question for you. How are you supposed to know the best way to design a career that suits your unique needs? Few of us were ever exposed to useful advice to help us make good career decisions. In the past, only pro athletes and wealthy CEOs could afford career coaching. Work It Daily was designed to disrupt the career coaching industry. We provide 24-7 access to career coaches for less than the cost of a gym membership. Like most professionals, you've likely struggled at some point to find a job or grow your career in a way that makes you feel happy and satisfied. Work It Daily can help you make sense of what to do next in your career. Career planning can feel daunting and lonely, but it doesn't have to be that way. Work It Daily will provide you with the structure and answers you need to take action and get the positive results you're looking for from your efforts. Because we know you have better things to do than stress about your job search or career growth strategy. You'll find us online at workitdaily.com or in your phone app store. That's Work It Daily. W-O-R-K-I-T-D-A-I-L-Y dot com. Visit to learn more or sign up today and get started with our career coaches immediately. That's incredible. And I think, again, it sounds like these other countries were probably leading the way in a lot of respects in the U.S. with digital products and services. But a lot of countries are starting to recognize, wait a minute, I'm missing out on an opportunity to earn you know, tax revenues, which makes me think there's got to be some political implications here. So this is probably a bit of a touchy subject from a political standpoint. Talk us through that a little bit, Yvette. Absolutely. Digital tax is a politically sensitive subject because it is linked to trade war. The EU seems to have different opinions on how to tax the digital economy. Digital tax is being used by countries like the U.S., France, and the U.K. as a bargaining point in the global trade war. France in July last year passed a tax law that targeted around 30 big technology companies, including Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and Google. In retaliation, the U.S. government threatened to put punitive tariffs of up to 100% on $2.4 billion in French imports of champagne, cheese, and other products. All sides have now agreed to a tax ceasefire until the end of this year to see if a broader global agreement can be reached at the OECD level. On a recent PwC survey, 44% of respondents from large companies rank digital services tax among top three policies most impactful to their business for this year. So that's why digital tax is a politically sensitive subject. Yeah, definitely a politically sensitive subject. My goodness. We really have to think that through with all that's going on right now. So I just want to remind everybody that we are talking today with Yvette Kwong. She wrote an incredible article over on Work It Daily. Please go check it out. It's called The Five Tax Tips for Every Digital Business in 2020 and Beyond. I think what we're learning right now from you, Yvette, is that this is something that isn't going to go away. This is something that every company really, if they're going to sell beyond their own country, has got to start paying attention to this. My question to you is, Let's say you're a smaller business. You mentioned an LLC, for example, a single member LLC. 
this person's regular tax advisor may not be aware of these things. So how does that person go out and start to familiarize themselves or even get assessed for potential exposure, I would say, in the coming years? Keeping abreast of the news would be important. And also talking to a decent tax advisor. There are many tax advisors who are very familiar with these international tax laws. With the digital economy being so global, I think many tax advisors are learning about international tax laws very quickly. And it's also important if you're going abroad to do business, such as you're doing business in France or in China, it's important to get local tax advice because these tax advisors are most familiar with the tax laws in their own jurisdictions. So that would be something to consider. All right. I want to jump back and ask you a question. What drew you to this area? Now, I started my career with the uh, big four accounting firms and my clients were international businesses. So that's how I got an interest and exposure to these uh, global businesses. And I got very interested in international tax rules. So that's where I am today. I love it. We have a question from the audience. It's from Dana. Dana asks, what are the main tax considerations a small home business needs to worry about, like an Etsy business that's selling globally? That's a great question because a lot of these Etsy, you know, work from home folks, you know, went viral on social media and now they're selling all over the world. How does that impact them? It depends on how they are selling. If they're selling through Amazon, for example, a um, digital marketplace, a marketplace, they might be taken care of by those uh, platforms. If not, then they need to pay attention to the consumption taxes that I discussed early on. Usually thresholds of, you know, you're selling a few hundred dollars, you might not be too much concerned, but if your business starts to grow, you need to talk to some people who are familiar with these areas so as to avoid tripping tax rules and, and incurring penalties for failure to report and to file and pay these consumption taxes. Yeah. I mean, that's such an interesting aspect of it that nobody's probably thinking about. Great question. So when a company does realize that they need to do this, if you were to go into an organization, say today, Yvette, a larger digital organization, where would you start to look at them to figure out whether or not they had some tax exposure? Where do you think is the first place you would go within the company to assess that? I do this quite often. Basically, if you're a sizable global company, you should have a global or chart to show where you are doing business. The legal entities or the business structures that you have globally, and then where you're generating your revenues and your profits, and where you are having your employees or business assets, such as a factory or where you're storing your goods, how you are selling. Are you selling directly or are you selling through the third-party distributors? So all these are important considerations to evaluate where you have the most tax exposure. If you have millions of sales in a country, you might be very concerned. If you only have a few thousand dollars, then maybe it's no big deal. That would be the first step to look at their uh, global tax footprint and business footprint and to see where they are most exposed and focus on those areas. And again, even though they may be losing money, they may still have consumption tax exposure like VAT in Europe or even in Asia because those taxes are not based on profits. They are based on transactions. So as soon as you have sales or purchases, then you need to pay attention. Interesting. And again, you mentioned that it might be threshold based, meaning if they've only done a few, it's not an issue. But if you're a large organization that's collecting a pretty sizable amount of sales, 
that could be a challenge. You mentioned France and its rules, China and its rules. Are there any other particular countries that seem to have some aggressive rules that people are having to pay more attention to? India is the first country that came to my mind because India is very aggressive in terms of taxing foreign businesses doing business there. It has a relatively high tax rate. And as you know, Globally, countries are becoming more aware of digital businesses and global companies trying to lower their tax bills by having fancy tax planning. Many countries are getting up to speed. Certain countries are definitely more aggressive than other countries. India is one and China is also pretty aggressive. And there are concerted efforts in the EU to you know, try to stop companies from evading taxes. So so we, you also need to pay attention when you're operating in those developed countries as well. That's fantastic. Another great question we have here is, what is the frequency that a global business should conduct a global tax audit? Good question. If you're talking about reviewing your global tax structure, it should be done at least on an annual basis. You know, if a company grows to a certain size, they usually have an in-house tax team to help them to navigate through the, the complex tax rules. They usually also would have very good quality third-party tax advisors to help them along the way. But doing an annual evaluation would be important. And that probably would be required by your financial statement auditor before you issue your financial statements. So if you are an SEC restaurant, you're publicly traded as part of the annual exercise that you need to do. Going back to the lawsuit that was up against some of these large organizations, Amazon, Facebook, Google... What was the main premise that they just were able to prove that they were delivering goods and services in these countries and not paying any taxes? And how does a country start to become aware of that? How do they even assess it? Well, you know, previously, before the global tax reform, many of these companies, they were able to employ very brilliant tax advisors and they were able to execute tax strategies to avoid billions of dollars of taxes. Why these companies were on the front page of Wall Street Journal a few years ago. Now countries have become more sophisticated. So now these companies would have to show that they actually have operations. They cannot just set up a shell entity in Cayman Islands where they have no operations, but then they park all their profits there, that's no longer doable or practicable or feasible. So now they have to set up like a real R&D team in Ireland or in Singapore where they actually have operations in order to benefit from these countries' favorable tax regimes. So let's say a company it puts itself out there, it's digital, and they start having people purchase foreign purchases. Is it conceivable that they might say, no, I'm sorry, you can't have our digital services in your country because we don't want to take on the liability of having to deal with these taxes. Have you seen companies do that at all? I mean, how do they deal with it? I have not. The company may choose a different structure. They may choose to sell through third-party distributors in those countries. That is one way to avoid actually having to file a tax return in those countries because they can sell through third-party distributors, uh, third parties. So that might be one way. But when a company grows to a certain size, they do want to have their own entities in those countries, and they would need to start filing tax returns there. So it depends on you know whether they are in the infancy or they are growing to a stage where they really need to have some filing responsibilities there. Yeah, so they should pay attention because probably one or two sales is really inconsequential. But if you're seeing a steady percentage of your business 
then that makes sense. That's amazing. So folks, just a reminder, we're talking to Yvette Kwong. She wrote an amazing article. I really hope you go check it out on Work It Daily called The Five Tax Tips for Every Digital Business in 2020. Yvette, we always love to give our guests the final word. So in closing today, before I ask you that, where can everybody reach you? What's the best place for them to reach out? Sure, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm also on the Work It Daily platform. So that would be the best way to reach to me. Perfect. We'll make sure everybody gets that and they access that as well. But now I'm going to turn it back to you. What's the most important thing you want everybody that listened today to leave with? What do you want them to remember? Tax may sound like a very complicated subject, but actually it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of great opportunity to think about it when you are starting your business. No matter what stage your business is in, it's always important to think about the tax issues ahead of time so that you can do some tax planning and save some big dollars in taxes. I completely agree with you. You have really opened my eyes today to this because we live in a global world. Globalization is happening everywhere. People would be crazy not to think about this. This was wonderful. Thank you so much, Yvette. Thank you everyone for attending today. Remember until next time here on Executive Insider, what do we always tell you? If you want to win, you got to work it daily. Take care and stay safe. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Executive Insider. If you want to learn more about Work It Daily and how we can help you with your career or job search, visit workitdaily.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribed and left us a five-star review. Don't forget to check out workitdaily.com slash podcast to get access to the resources and links mentioned in today's episode. Those can be found in the show notes. Again, thanks for listening. And I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode of Executive Insider.